0: Okay, so we're now discussing uh, the unique quality of wine, and uh, we see that it's something that uh, has this um, double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's so incredible, so good, that it gives a person a a mind, it's literally uh, used to sing praises to Hashem, uh, on the other hand, it's something that can totally profane a person, empty out a person of all kedusha, um, and uh, you know really lead to a- exile and uh, externalization of internal connection. So, with the production of wine, uh, is a very tricky business. Has to be kept of any impu kept free of any impurity when you squeeze the grapes and, you, and then you, and then you um, bottle it away. If the bottling process wasn't great, a little bit of air sinking in, a little bit of anything else going on during that process, you're gonna get vinegar, right? So other, pro- other products are made, you know, okay, they you know, get a little bit better, a little bit worse here. It literally becomes vinegar, becomes terrible tasting. Uh, So that's a uh, very easily corruptible. In other words, wine is something that itself is very easily corruptible. And of course, it speaks to a uh, certain state of being of man, which is also easily corruptible. Connecting to that internality, to that inner space of, of simch of joy etc can easily be if there is external influences if there's dirt if there's you know foreign bacteria come in or whatever it is it gets corrupted next do we connect this with the table motion was the table motion the the, the, the ark yeah, the, in the All river. Oh, the they ri- both had to be completely sealed seal off from the outside. Yeah, but, um, I understand what you're saying. Um, the, in the in the, I guess in the development process, there will be a, a connection to that, right? Meaning, uh, it's very, it's going to be highly sensitive in that regard so any external influence I had a rub that would, that connected to, uh, to, uh, to the uh, aura that you bite in the boots they both say me bite in the boots that good. You first you need to close and then once it's closed then the inside can become good and flow out to the outside ok, okay, I hear I hear. ok, good so um, next is the wine improves with age this is a Gemara, uh that uh yeah, uh, this is, is a unique property of wine. I mean, some things you take a little bit of time to, you know, like cheese. You know, you need to give it a, a year to mold up well. You know, but uh, but nobody is selling you, you know, fifty-year-old cheese. That's not. It's not. Uh, you know, it's just, it's not uh, so it just has to become what it needs to become. It needs to become a good cheese. You know, but with wine. The longer it stands around, the, you know, the more it matures. You know, like these auctions or whatever it is, people are buying, you know, hundred-year-old bottles of wine. That's a very strange thing. M- most normal foods, food. If I tell you, hey, I have three-day-old bread. You want some three-day-old bread? Says, no, I want fresh baked today, right? Uh, meat uh, all foods right juice freshly squeezed today right so uh, if if uh, if Zelda's catering were to start offering you know three year old uh, steaks right it right. wouldn't uh, wouldn't go down well with the clients nope right Not as, so yes. uh, so There's also massive respect food wise too you know, right steak. right exactly right. so and here with wine is is this very opposite type of a behavior? There is another uh, there's another unique feature, and that is how it's consumed. Wine's consumption. So the the Gemor and also Gemor and talks about this. That talking about the one should not ruin their appetite before the Leo HaSei Suda We have we are month and a half away from Pesach, right? So, air of Pesach, a person has to be careful not to ruin their appetite for the Suda. Uh, so the Gemara says, what about drinking wine? It says, wine is like this. Wine is a little bit of it. A little bit. is soy And a lot arouses the appetite. There is a disagreement Exactly how to understand that The, the A lot of the unfortunate The Beis if Other Shokhanor uh, Comes out It means If you drink a little bit of it You get satiated Like with any food would be But when you drink A lot of it You actually get hungry Right Which is not the case With food Normal food The more of it you have The more satiated you get and you don't want anymore. Here is the other way around of it. The more you have, the more you want. Which is reminiscent of a of a of a Gemara. It says Boru who meet The attributes of spirituality or of Hashem are not like those of physicality. Namely, that by physical vessels, if you want to be able to put something into a vessel, the vessel—the more empty the vessel is, the more you can accept. If you have an empty vessel, you can put a lot into it. If it's full, you can't put into it anymore. But when it comes to Torah, it's the opposite. A person who is empty of Torah has a very difficult time being able to put any Torah into himself. But the more full one becomes of Torah, the more easy it is to put more Torah into him. Right? So, that's... So again, with regular food, if you're empty, you don't have any of that food in you, so very easy, to, that food goes in. You want to have that food. You right away, you know, steak, those first few bites are delicious. Right? If you start eating more and more of it, starts to lose the appetite for it, and eventually, towards the end, you might even leave it over, whereas the first few bites were so delicious and so excited, towards the end, you might leave it over. Mm -hmm. Whereas with wine, the more you drink, the more of an appetite there is for it. So that's the opposite that seems to allude to this principle of how spiritual vessels operate. Yeah, as opposed to how physical vessels operate. Okay, another couple of uh, interesting things is that wine or grape juice for that matter is uh, the only naturally occurring pure glucose which is the energy for the brain. brain takes Straight glucose, right? That's it. Just goes right up to the brain. That's a very unique thing. That's what I understand. You can you can fact check that, and if I'm wrong, I'll uh, change that. But that that's uh, my understanding. Okay, so what does all this what does all this add up to? So we we're, we're trying to understand wine as being a connector, a bridge between the spiritual and the physical. Now man naturally has two compartments in him. There's the compartment of the mind or the internality of man, the soul of man, and the body, the externality of man. And they're kept fairly separate, compartmentalized.
1: You know, maybe
0: this uh, little neck over here that we have right we got a big round head on top we have a body down here pretty wide we have a tiny little neck that creates a a, a, a bottleneck effect yeah preventing uh, too much exchange the uh, like a doorway where you, know, you can control the traffic what goes in what goes out so that's good because, on the one hand, because a person can be an eternal person, a spiritual person, a thinking person, and the body doesn't necessarily uh, have free access to grab the mind, grab the brain, and drag it down to the mud to, you know, waddle in the mud. Yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, the soul also has limited access to what it can do with the body. To what level can I integrate my spirituality into my physicality? To what level can I experience some of the lofty thoughts that I think? So my internality, how much of that can I bring in? Okay, so wine is that flow, the flow from up to down that actually establishes that connection, opens up that connection that people talk about. The wine disinhibits a person, right? Certainly, uh, that's why, uh, the uh, you know, in the bars, that's why the drinking is uh, such a big thing, right? Because they're looking to uh, disinhibit, they're looking to... Now, over there, it's pretty clear what the, 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 pr- the purpose is. The purpose is to take the mind, drag it down to the body, and just to uh, act... Uh, uh, to break down that barrier between the spiritual and the physical, and the person becomes entirely physical, of course, like happened with Noah. Isha Adama, man of the earth, profane himself. Profane himself means, right? To be Mechalel, what does Mechal mean? Yeah, from a language of till is to. Empty out, halal, right? Halal means a void or an emptiness, right? So mehalal to profane, means to make a halal, to make an emptiness. We have kedusha, we have thoughts, we have spirituality in our mind. And you take that and you empty it out, that's to profane, right? To externalize, to take your internality and externalize it. Like the alturim in the uh, in beginning of parshas Shmos, that bentsy is learning now. Okay. Um, by the way, I just want to say that uh, someone that listens to the podcast remotely, so he, he made a very good observation. I didn't mention last time, but it's totally true. We we see uniquely the blessing of wine being given to Yehuda in parshas Vayechi when when Yaakov is blessing Shvatim. So Yehuda is told that, uh, that he's going to uh, have so much wine in his region, that he's going to be laundering his clothing in wine, and his eyes are going to be red from wine. And we know the Hazal say that wine, yain, is gematria. Seventy, we spoke about that last time. Yain goes to sold, wine goes in, secret comes out because secret is numerical value 70 we also spoke about the Gemara saying that someone who can drink and still stay connected spiritually has the das of the shirim Zakanim, has the knowledge of the Sanhedrin why specifically the Sanhedrin what's the connection to Sanhedrin 70 (laughs) 70 members of Sanhedrin very good Alex right so again so Yain has this um, and, and, and of course Seventy is ayin. The letter Ayin is seventy. That's why Yehuda's eyes meaning are described in the in the brocha that Yaakov gives to Yehuda. He says your eyes are red from wine because Yayin is seventy and the I and we'll talk about that much more hopefully later today, maybe for sure by tomorrow by next week. Um that the wine and the eye are very connected, uh, both numerical value 70, and uh, that is why his eyes are red right from wine. So the so the person the, the pointed out that Yehuda is a bechin of Malchus. Malchus, Malchus based David. Uh, Malchus based David. The greatness of Malchus based David is David is. His uh, name, David, spelled Dalid, yeah. Vov, Dalid, which, as I'll explain, means Dal Vidal. Dal. means impoverished, poor. Dal Vidal, impoverished of impoverished. He's got nothing to himself. He's a nothing. Right? David is, grew up the least. Respectable of his brothers, he was like out there with the sheep or whatever, and whatever. And his whole life is nothing but to do one thing, one thing only—to express the honor of Hashem in the world. In fact, when he is bringing the Arna Kodesh back into Jerusalem, right? And he, so the say that he was he was dancing and rolling around on the floor and doing flips and everything, like a like a commoner, to the point that his wife. Michal who was the daughter of very good Shaul so she was from a royal family she said what are you doing you're disgracing yourself you're the king you can't act like that you have to hold on to at least some level of dignity some level of honor for yourself no any level of honor I'd be withholding for myself I'd be withholding from the honor of Hashem the more I show myself as being a nothing compared to Hashem the more honor that is to Hashem so it's very reminiscent of the grape vine which is and now I'm gonna for 10 points extra credit Alex 10 points extra credit it's a Mishnah you were doing earlier today something on the sukkah as hagefen some verb some. aleha as hagefen we're just talking about a not kosher yeah, Ska uh, situation. Hidla. Hidla. Hidla Allah has a Geffen. Hidla Allah has a geofen. Which means? To lift up in place. To place. But it's from a language of? Dal, impoverished. Right? So the Geffen is the impoverished tree. Like we spoke about last time, unlike other trees, that they take strength and honor for themselves, and they build themselves fancy, powerful trunks, right? Like the Shaloh Kaddish talks about that people build themselves these fancy brick houses. And they're not thinking about the Churban based and the honor of Hashem. Building was all these big fancy houses, yeah. So, so, so these trees, they make themselves these huge, powerful, thick trunks. I mean, then what do they leave for their fruit? Nothing, popcans. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, if they make any fruit at all, right? whereas, whereas the geffen keeps everything to give over honor to to give to give to the to its fruit so much so that it has no strength of its own, it can't even be used as firewood. Mavi says very clearly that uh, it's like like it just shrivels up. comparing it to Klaus, obviously, but uh, uh, so that, so the, so that's Dovidah Melech, is Dalvadal. he's not taking any honor for himself, all just to bring out the honor of Hashem in the world. I was reading some tree books before Tubishan. Be the old, The oldest trees in the world and the largest trees in the world are both conifers, no fruit. Uh, right, no fruit. Right. 100, that, that's, we, we pointed it out last year. Yeah? yeah someone said that uh, if you notice, actually, it's a very nice connection. I, yeah, I knew that the vine is unique, but, uh, but one of the guys pointed out last week that if you notice that all the fruit trees are quite short and thin means the, the, the of course the vine is the, 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 the lowest and the weakest of all of them, right? Because that's why it's so incredible, right? But all the fruit, I mean, to make fruit, you just can't keep that much stuff for yourself. Right? An incredible observation, we spoke about I think we spoke about, you know, that right now, in the Western society, where it's all about oneself, So people are so busy, taking how can you have children? It's such a, you know, it's such, such a big uh, bother and they're going to wake you up at night and this. And, you know, for, for me, I got to go to the gym, I got to do this, I got to go on vacations. Uh, who has time for children, right? So that, that's these uh, conifers, you said? Conifers, right, big, fancy trees, conifers. No food, no food being produced, right? So the vine is the opposite of that. Right. So again, so that was a, that was a, that was a beautiful connection. There's a concept in the in Chazal called uh, the Malchus lays ba Grama Club. She has nothing in her in her of herself. It means the whole point of the king is not. to, He's not even doing anything. His only job is to help the nation express their powers and, and their abilities and their talents. That's what he's doing. It's not about me. It's not about who I am. Which is obviously why, when you see certain American politicians or presidents or whatever it is, it's everything about them. It's it's a big turnoff. The point is, the person is supposed to be humble and and there for 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 the people to bring out the the greatness of the nation, right? So anyway, so that's uh, that is. Um, the uniqueness of the of the wine, again, is that it's trying to connect that upper world to this lower world. But the, the question is, what's going to happen? Is the physicality going to be connected upwards, but the mind will manage to stay up there? The mind will manage to stay connected managed to stay up there and nonetheless the body is connected which means it's getting so much flow so much that's why we said that specifically the Gemara says that the person who can handle his wine has the das of the shivim zekainen das specifically your soul translates as very good you also your soul Huh? You're also Yisrael? No, I just said. Oh, okay, if I never, no, I, I, I didn't know your Hebrew name. Zevi okay. Yisrael. Oh, you are Yisrael? Yeah, Zevi Yisrael. Yeah, right? Okay, so then it's. it's not <laughs> okay. That's right, so Das so is knowledge. Now, knowledge, unlike wisdom or understanding, knowledge is what? This is the, the whole point of knowledge is to connect from up there to down here. Right? Integration. That's what knowledge is. We Adam new have intimacy, not intimacy in the animalistic sense, but when you say you, you know something intimately, what does that mean? He knows the subject intimately, what does that mean? What? That mean? what, that mean? what? You know, it's literally, it's like, it's not, it's not just like kind of whatever, it's, inside, it's like, it's, it's, like it's, it's his life, he's like, it's totally connected, right? So that's intimacy, So that's intimate now, knowledge, knowledge is intimate, okay? That's, so it's a connection. That's one. That, then you have the das of Canaan. Then you have the knowledge of the seventy elders of the Sanhedrin. Okay. But if through that connection to the body, through a strengthening of the connection down to the body, if by enhancing this das, the das is the connection, but by enhancing it with the wine, if. You don't have an ability to stay up there. Instead, a person's mind or a person's soul or a person's spirituality gets dragged down and spilled out into the world, then you're like a Noah lying there with your... Private parts exposed. Is, yeah. that the, is that the reason that the Canaanites like were punished? Because they experienced the spirituality of the Shemarites that they. They ate and drank? Yeah. So is there a Rambam on that? Everyone talks about it. Uh, yeah. So, depending it's kind on how. Dragged down. Like, kind of dragged down. Depending on how you understand eating and drinking, yeah. There's some some actually say it's praiseworthy, but some say it as a criticism. Yeah. Okay. If you In that approach, which are both Eilu, Eilu, Diril, Chaim, um, so, in that approach, that would be that, that, that signing experience. They should have just been up there 100%. Not the food, the eat, the food and the drink uh, did drag it down here, did connect it down here. Okay, that is in short, more or less what we said last week with a little bit of elaboration. Now we're going to bring it over to Purim. Okay, what could possibly be connect, the connection between wine and poor? Okay, so obviously the Megillus Esther opens up with a... Exactly, a Mishnah. Now, it's, 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 in English it translates as a feast. because uh, I'll say, a feast must have drink. Right, so otherwise it's called a souda. Souda is a meal, right? In Hebrew, a a mishta, a feast is a mishta. That's that means a drinking, fundamentally, because the ikr is the drinking, right? Um, So, of course, that's very interesting. We're having a mishta, we're having a feast. The beginning of the Megillah has a feast. Now, the question is that feast that takes place over there. Is that a a good thing for the Jewish people or not a good thing for the Jewish people, Alex? not a good thing. Why not? Because it's celebrating the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. And ultimately it's there for them to sin. It's them to commit sin so that they could uh, not have the new Beit HaMikdash rebuilt. Okay, so negative, very negative. To the point, in fact, that when the Gemara wants to know, the Gemara says that the Talmudim of Rebishim by Yochai Came to him and they asked him, Rebbe, why was their decree of death upon the entire Jewish nation made? What, what did they do to deserve that? So, so, uh, so he said to them, Well, what, what do you, what do you guys think? So they said, Well, seemingly it was because of the feast. So he says, okay, so what's, the so what's the problem? So you say, well, because if it's because of the feast, first of all, it seems kind of harsh, right? You guys went to a feast you're supposed to go to, so okay, annihilation, right? It seems kind of harsh. Yeah. I like, well, I'm not sure, maybe. maybe. <laughs> and secondly, Bish Lama, annihilation of the Jews of Shushan. Who were at the capital, they were invited to it. What about there were Jews in 127 city states? Medina, Medina is a city state, right? 127 city states across the more or less the, the entire uh, civilized world, right? And they're all going to be annihilated because of the Jews of Shushan who went to this feast. How does that make sense? So now, here comes an incredible connection. So Rishim Bar Yochai says to them, you're right, it's not because of that. It's because that when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylonia was taking the Jewish people into exile, having conquered them, having destroyed the base of Mikdish, he erected an enormous statue of himself, an idol of himself, And as they walked by, they all had to bow down and worship this idol. And they did. And that's that's why there was a decree of annihilation that's idol worship, A. So that's harsh decree makes sense when you're talking about idol worship. And B, it was the whole nation. It wasn't just the Jews of Shushan, it was the entire nation. Was later? Oh, very good. So then, so tell me the mass Wait, so that happened seventy years earlier. Why is the decree only happening now? So the answer is because that nation already had the decree of exile in them. That that generation. So there's only so much one generation can have a decree. So the, so Hashem let it go. Already, you know, so much, how much can one generation handle? So he let it go. He gave them a pass. The previous generation, they down No, no the, no, the generation that bowed down, they got a pass for the, for the, for the bow. The oh. next generation, they bow down. Exactly. So that, so why, so, why, so why is it being decreed now? Answer is, because of Suis Verish, because of the feast. Means in other words, the feast was like, you yeah, know, like a, the judge lets you off on parole. Right, he lets you off on parole. And then you go back and you do something like the original crime, right? And then he throws the book in. Right, so you, c- you can't be a repeat offender you do that thing again even if it's in a much more minuscule scale you're repeating the thing that's uh, you g- then you're going to get that punishment you should have gotten back then, you're going to get it now didn't the feast also have a bunch of idols everywhere laid out as well so when they were eating and they were sitting they would look around and there was small miniature versions of that same idol is that what you read in your book so Uh it's as if they also were eating and constantly seeing that idol okay sure sure but the truth is that before we jump to midrashim um, i want to first just think about it for a minute because uh, midrashim are not always meant to be taken at face value. Um, or perhaps are never meant to be taken face value. But uh, so let's just, I think Alex is coming to answer a difficulty. Right? What is bothering Alex? I think is bothering Sneer also.
1: Yes, exactly. Right? Is, is that not what you were thinking?
0: Um. No, I, I, I answered that by saying that, like. Oh, yeah, okay, well, You answered. Good. But the, the, the difficulty was there? Yeah. Good. For, for, we're, we're, this is a very important point in learning, right? Is It's fine to answer, but first, register the cash. Cash is a cash. Maybe you have an answer. Maybe Alex has an, Alex has an answer also. There are little idols all over the place. Right? What's your answer? What? Oh. They, like that, they, they were eating off the Kaelin on the Beit the Mingdash, maybe. They themselves? No. I thought, I thought like that... Acha you know, Schwerisch himself took out I the Kaelin. Like I it was funded by the gold that he took the Beit the Mingdash, like the Kaelin from the Beit the Mingdash for everyone. Okay, cool, and that's, so. a, that's idol worship? I don't know worship, but like, it's like the profanity of God... The, uh, okay, okay, I think you're going in the in direction of the moral says, but let's... Right, so those two are connected, exactly. In other words, right. like Alex said, like Alex said at the very beginning, that the feast was what? It was affirming, okay, in other words, the it was a feast of what? Of affirming the absolute domain of Akashveresh as the king over the world. And if Akashverish is a king over the world, then you know who's not king over the world? Hashem. Hashem. Right? And that's a problem. That's that's, uh, main idol worship. It's like idol worship, recognizing this other power that runs the world. And now there's the whole big thing with the wine, with the wine that they drink, the wine at the feast, specifically the wine at the feast. What's the problem with the wine at the feast? Any problems with the wine at the feast? Not kosher Not kosher? I thought they got a very good mashgiyach. Didn't they they get a very good mashgiyach? Borgai himself. He was the mashgiyach at the feast. answer is, what have we been talking about until now? What? The wine has exactly, (laughs) Bensi, very good. Wine is a double-edged sword. Wine can go this way, can go that way. It's a very delicate product. You know there's a halakha called Stam Yenem? Non-Jewish wine, have you heard about that? What's the halakha, Is the people are we allowed to drink non Jewish wine? Well, it depends. The wine is the same, Mavushal, that we drink. Step number one the, the the manufacturing of the wine, right? Right. Before it's been cooked. Right. Before it's been Mavushal, when it was still wine. It cannot be non-Jewish wine. In fact, not only cannot not be non-Jewish wine, it cannot have been in contact at all with the non-Jew. Right? It has to be Yain Mishumar, guarded. Guarded wine. Two seals. Double sealed. No possibility of any, like we spoke about earlier, contamination. Any, anything could come in there And just like in the physical sense, any contamination, any air leakage, any dirt can turn it into vinegar. So to the spiritual sense, pardon me, wine
1: is extraordinarily delicate.
0: Um, And just like wine is extraordinarily delicate, in a halachic sense of coming into contact with a non-Jew. Wine is a different story, we'll talk about it later. Cooked wine is a different story. Cooked wine, in the eyes of Hazal, is not really wine. Meaning, when they would cook the wine, the Gamoran Erevin talks about that that wine would be often used as a sauce, you know, like uh, wine sauces. Yeah, so wine sauce is a different story. Wine sauce you can let, anybody can touch it, okay? But real wine, pure wine, unadulterated wine, that cannot be in contact with a non-Jew. But it's not simply, okay, I got a bottle, no no, no non-Jew touched it, that's, that's a halakhic concept. But let me ask you a question. Can you be at a non-Jewish feast, surrounded by non-Jewish people, culture, Women and uh, you know whatever, even if they're modestly dressed. But the whole, the the, the music and the, and the whole thing. You're in a palace. Is it Shaykh? Is it possible for a person to drink this wine as a Jewish wine, as a as a wine that stays connected, that's uplifting? This is goisha wine, right? This is this is this was this was a goyish drinking. Yeah, it, was, This wasn't the Jewish drinking. This is not. This is not uh, you making kiddush. Yain, the we do. Sneer asked me to bring this in. More. Our Rebbe says, "What do you have to make kiddush on? What do you make kiddush on?" Wine grape juice. Grape juice is wine. Why a grape juice is called Yayin Migito. Yay migito, freshly squeezed wine. Yeah. So uh, so uh, wine is used for Kiddush Why? Because the Pasak says Zakhar And so Zakhar, remember, is what? Zakhrayola Yayin. You remember it from wine, right, like those are all they bring. those bring a pasuk to support that uh, Zacher... Tupsofian. Uh, one of the, um, I don't know, one of them is like Shaya, one of like I don't remember exactly, don't what remember. So, but, oh. uh, uh, Zacher Kelevonon something, right? Remember it like the Levonon? Yeah. So... Dafkovv uh, or something, right? Dafkovv, yes? that Yeah, so what What are the psukim? What are they saying? Uh, it's Korea Dudaev Meyin. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, sorry, the pronoun is Zahrukayan <laughs> Lebanon. Zahrukayan Lebanon, right? It's Korea Right. So, you see, the wine helps. Zahira, Zahira remembering. Now, what, What's remembering? Remembering. Oh, I remember what happened a while ago. Who cares about remembering? This is this is big Rosh Hashanah Torah. We're not gonna have a chance to really plummet depths of uh, the, that so, But uh, I'll just say very concisely the morale. Talking about zikronos. Why? What is that? Have to do with Rosh Hashanah zikronos, right? The the. The utterances of remembrance, right? The Temsukim of remembrances. The blowing the shofar. Hashem should remember us. Zachrehu, uh, Yomai Zikaron, right? The day of remembrance. So, what does it mean? Hashem forgets, and afterwards he remembers. What, what does that mean? It means there's different layers to reality. Okay? There's deeper levels of reality, which are more absolute, more true. Let's say, for example, who Jewish people really are in their essence and their source being children of Avram, Isaac, Yaakov, right? Uh, And then there's more external layers of reality. Uh, He's currently walking around pretending to be a peasant. Right? Okay? It doesn't change who he really is. He's really the heir to the throne. He's currently walking around pretending to be a peasant. Maybe he even thinks he's a peasant. Yeah, But so, zahira is the, the removal of the things that have caused you to forget, which is, by the way, incredible the way the human mind works. Sometimes they, they find this is medical evidence that people could get a brain injury and it'll set them back, let's say, in that they forget, let's say, the last four years of their memories, right? And if they used to speak a foreign language as a child and they forgot forgotten the system, with this brain injury, they remember that foreign language. In other words, the brain doesn't forget in an absolute sense. The brain forgets because the new information is layered on top and covers over the old memories. You know that? So, Remembering is excavating, rediscovering the truer, deeper connection. That's what Zahira is. And wine has a unique ability to do that, to go deeper, to connect higher than would be otherwise the case. Okay. Again, Rosh Hashanah will build the shofar to remember to Help ourselves to remember who we really are, to ask Hashem to remember who we really are. But wine is used as a for remembrance, for Zikhira, for Kiddush specifically, to reconnect ourselves to what's actually happening in Shabbos. We've gotten used to six days of the week, okay? This, this, this. Okay, that's all out here in the physical world. Now you gotta go, go up. Hashem is trying to go back up, reconnect. Where does it all come from? What's it all about, right? For that, you need, you, 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 we use wine, okay? So that is a Jewish drinking. Jewish drinking is <laughs> the hero, remembering, right? Going back a we can deeper connection. Connecting my entire reality, elevating everything, my whole world up with me to that place. As opposed to being dragged down into here, okay? So that feast, that's that, that feast was it was a mistake. Fundamental. You can have kosher all you want, but if the environment is not kosher, if the play, if the theme, if the cause of the banquet of, of the of the of the of the, mishta, of the drinking part is because of Achashverosh's kingdom, then definitionally it's yain nesach. Now yain nesach. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yain nesach. What does yain nesach mean? Is that is it like That's why that was used like for like, um, like bad things. Like that's was, right, very it bad. Like, it's like for like a vote of Zara, like that's right. Yeah, that's right. So Yainasa Nesach is wine has been used in idol worship. Yeah, like now it was, they use like for different like things like like you know for, wine libations. Wine libations yeah. for an idol, yeah. Yeah. So uh, now Stam Yainam regular, Nigerian Jewish wine. The guy never he. he he doesn't use it for idol worship, right? But Stam yainim is Asr because of Yai Nasach. Which means, simply you say means it's, it's a har uh, We're worried you're gonna end up ultimately drinking non-Jewish wine, which was used for wine libations to an idol. Islam. Yeah, terrible thing is Easter HaNoah, totally forbidden. Literally consuming the thing that was poured for an idol, right? What could be worse than that? But so we don't even want people drinking non-Jewish wines. It's it's exer-ato. Truth is, there's other things that are all discussed. I don't know if we maybe that probably it's, have to probably deep, have to this, talk it's, about it's next deep. week. Yeah, yeah, but but the truth is, when the Chazal make a decree, so, then you're saying, oh, you might confuse this with that. What they're saying is, this has a taste of that in it. In other words, it may not be Yai Nesach in the absolute sense of the word, but it's kind of a Yai it, It's It is to a certain extent wine that's used for idol worship. Why, because what's idol worship? What's idol worship? You're taking divinity, the most spiritual, the most lofty, the most inner, the most holy, And you're dragging it all the way down into a stone statue. And you're saying, this or the golden statue, right? This is your God, Israel, Right? So that's literally this process that we're talking about, taking something so lofty, externalizing it, concretizing it, bringing it out into the physical world. That is Avodah Zorah, idol worship in its ugliest, most terrible form. But as we're pointing out, that incorrect drinking of wine, or what we're calling goisha wine, or goisha drinking, is, is a similar concept, it's the same thing externalization, bring it down. Yeah, and therefore, that's why Khazal is saying that Stam means just regular, non Jewish wine is considered in our eyes. As if it's yainasach, as if it's wine that was actually stirred and poured for idols. So when the Jewish people came to this feast, you're right; they're not bowing down to an idol, but it's like that. It has a taste of it. It's as if there are little tiny idols scattered throughout. You understand? Not really, not really, but it's as if there are little tiny versions of that giant statue of Nebuchadnezzar, strategically placed all over. There's a feel, there's a feel of it in the place. And therefore, it's close enough to trigger that original decree wouldn't getting drunk on Purim be similar to them that feast as well because oh well that depends yeah. if you go on Purim you say listen I have a message to get drunk on Purim right uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the local local bar over there i going to find a bar right I'm going to go there and they happen to sell kosher wine and I'm going to sit down with Surrounded by all these all these people that are completely physical external people. And I'm gonna be guzzling wine, right? Yeah, that's I wouldn't recommend that. That's not that's not a good idea, right? There's no way you're gonna hold on to any internality, to any spirituality. You're gonna be like a Noah, lying there all exposed, all of your privacy, all of your intimacy, all of your deep spiritual connection spilled out and vomit on the floor over there in the bar right that's not uh, laying there in, in disgrace right that is not that's not what we're going for in Purim we're going for the Jewish drinking. Jewish wine Jewish drinking we're going for like making Kiddush many many times over right, you make Kiddush on wine okay then you do it again Without the brock, yeah? <laughs> okay, we are very well positioned now for an incredible deep dive, let next week, into the morale has an entire, what happened was, I'll tell you guys a little bit of background. In the days of the Morale there was a movement amongst Jews, amongst religious Jews in Europe. To legalize marijuana. No, I'm not marijuana, but to have non-Jewish wine, which back then was very important because it's very hard to get Jewish wine, extremely hard, but there was Goisha wine available. And you were paying huge premium to get Jewish wine. Let's say tenfold or something. And they were saying like this. The old decree of why it was done originally was nesach Wine libations, the non-Jews don't do wine libations, in the entirety of Europe you won't find wine libations happening, maybe you will somewhere, but not in the majority of places. So, we should be able to start drinking non-Jewish wine again. That rabbinical harem, the harsh decree against non-Jewish wine is no longer applicable, that's what people were saying, the rabbis were saying this. And the morale came against it with fire and brimstone. And in almost every one of his Swaram, he has an entire section dedicated to dealing with Stamya. And so he has a big piece in Drush al Hamitzvah, where he goes through incredible, incredible depths of it. So this will try to talk a little bit about that next week and tying it into Jewish drinking Anpur.